Check the champ. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the pool. Gay dollars months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But out the post, it is 15 lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me pinky, thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? He's stayed all closing time. This could be set up for something special. Cassidy has to pull the whip. Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office preview podcast. Big weekends racing up in Brisbane and an even bigger get for the podcast this week, Blanks. Huge get. Huge get. The face of Stradbroke season. The face of Stradbroke season. The self-proclaimed X-Factor. He's got many winners and we've locked him in for the the whole of Stradbroke season. Whole season. Is that right, Nathan? Evidently, that's true. I wasn't aware of that, but uh, happy to uh, oblige and, and hopefully get something in return. But I do have to correct, Simon. Come on, not self-proclaimed. Others may, may call me that. Um, there's journos with bigger egos than mine out there, so I just need to, to keep you guys in check on that, on that front. But um, that is very happy to be joining you. <laughs> <laughs> or as you might say, it's a good piece of form. That's a good piece of form. <laughs> Very exciting time of the year up here for us. Um, Stradbroke season kicks off with the Guineas Victory Stakes. We've, you know, the Brisbane Racing Club and Racing Queensland have moulded this carnival. Stradbroke season is the new moniker given to it as we head towards June 11 at Eagle Farm. We've now got seven races of a million dollars or more up here uh, at Doomit and Eagle Farm during that time. And you know, we're coming off a carnival in 2021 that produced just epic results going forward. So you'd love to be able to replicate that. Um, I suggest the bar's set pretty high, but um, we do look forward to seeing what unfolds here in, in, in the next um, next few weeks and, and which stars of the future may be unearthed. I like that the carnival, as you know, I like that the carnival has positioned itself that way as a launching pad for, for future stars. And one of the themes mm. of this podcast, one drum we keep banging, is that going to Queensland or racing horses in general instead of putting them in paddocks is a um, is a good idea, and I think the timing of the Queensland Carnival is perfect for those you know for horses who want to go to Brisbane, keep racing while others are standing out in the rain. Um, it seems yes. to be good for them. And I think if you look at results of say Melbourne Cups uh, and Cox Plates the last decade at least, the number of winners of those obviously we're talking about internationals, but some of them are up here as well. But the number of winners of those that raced through say May, June, or July is a very healthy number. So. We're happy to push that barrow, uh, Adam, that um, racing at this time of year is good for your spring prospects and results tell you that that's the case. Yep. Fully subscribed. And just waiting for Chris Excellent. Waller to unearth his two-year-old. He always has one generally that heads towards the JJ Atkins. That's that's it. Um, I think there's some stats out there. That normally, the, it is produced around uh, Anzac Day in Sydney, has one or two goes up there, and then we see it up here. So uh, the Del Rello here tomorrow is a pretty competitive race. No no C. Wallers there, but I think it's a, it's a good starting point for the two-year-olds. We then get to the Ken Russell, but the real one is the, the Champagne in two weeks, that Group 2 race. That is a, a race that um, the Wallace Stable has used to, to great effect and then on into the size and the JJ, as you say. The interesting thing about the two-year-olds in Brisbane this year as well, for me, will be that the two-year-olds mm-hmm. have been rubbish. But I have a theory that part of that has got to have been the weather, which has meant that the horses are surely have been held back in Sydney. We saw smaller field sizes than average in all those 
Golden Slipper lead ups. The slipper itself was, um, you know, there was a a really good filly there, winning you know, nearly winning the Triple Crown. Um, mm. But there wasn't a lot behind her. But my theory is that there's probably a few of those that have tapped the brakes and are hopefully, I would think, looking towards Brisbane because there's um there's got to be a wave, doesn't there? Yeah, I've ha- I have to admit I've looked at that and, and seen it exactly the same way. And from a, from a selfishly local point of view here, I'm thinking, well, maybe it is in Brisbane where we do see the genuine good ones come to the fore. And hopefully, it's it's more than just uh, one or two of them. We might get some some good clashes because, as you say, it's been paper thin uh, across the board this year, hasn't it? Um, but you know, they're out there somewhere, and um, history says it's a good place to to find them here in Brisbane, or unearth them. Yeah, something to look forward to for sure. Absolutely. And so is the return of Rothfire. Sorry, I cut you there. So. No, not at all. I had nothing more to say. I'm just sort of gun-shy and trying to um, you know, go over the top of you, Adam, because I get shot down very quickly. But um, <laughs> I'm really fascinated by your thoughts on this horse. I'll put it on the table from a local point of view here with regards to Rothfire. He's the most talented horse we have in Queensland. Certainly, if you go back that 18 months, that was clearly the case. From a carnival point of view, it would be terrific for him to stand up tomorrow and, and spank this field and, and frank himself as a favourite, whether they go to the Doom in 10,000 or wait for the Kingswood Smith Cup. But from a punning point of view, which you guys are going to attack, I just find it uh, very, very something I want to be trepidatious about and um, not gung-ho in any way, shape or form. I think that's a fair way to play it. The reason we bring you on is because you're on the ground and I saw you were out at Rob Heathcote's stable filming an interview last week. Was there much mm-hmm. talk about Rothfire? Can you give us a vibe? What's the vibe with him coming Stag back? Stag if there wasn't a bit of talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> last week I didn't talk much about it. I was talking about Prince of Boom and Star Tontes. He never even got to the post. But um, obviously we've discussed him a lot. He's, he's, a, he's a beast of a horse now. He's really fueled out into be this really strong, masculine four-year-old, whereas I didn't have that picture in my mind of him as a as a two-year-old. So from physical presence, he's he's really looking in, in ripping good shape. Uh, from what we saw in the trial, he's still as fast as he ever was. Um, from the stable's point of view... <laughs> He trialled he trialed that morning and Rob went past and said, uh, well, there's your Stradbroke winner. So there was no lack of confidence uh, on his part that morning. I'll put this to you. Uh, like I got stuck backing a horse here a couple of weeks back, Knight Mariner, who was well, not in the same class, obviously, but he broke his pelvis in a race 18 months ago and came back and his first run was good. But then in the race that he should have won, he just didn't find anything. So my theory is, do some of these horses with bad injuries remember the pain barrier and when it comes time to run through it they remember uh the the hurt that they had previously or is that just an absolute rubbish take on my part (laughs) uh i wish that i could say it was but i don't know the (laughs) answer i suppose you'd have to you'd have to ask the horses i do remember a um and someone who does speak to the horses is aiden o'brien and i remember reading i can't remember exactly where but i remember reading a thing about aiden o'brien talking about exactly that and that that was the a large part of his training expertise was helping horses learn to enjoy running hard, right? And le- and he was talking about the wall. You've got to, and you know in his weird Irish way, listen, listen, listen. You yeah. got you got to take him to the wall, and that was his. You know, so I suppose there is probably an element there. The horse has the horse has got to want to do it. So there, you know, mm. if if there is something there, if it hurts, he's um they're not stupid. 
mm. you might not mm. want to. I mean, that it's a reasonable theory. As I said, you'd, you'd have to ask Rothfire and he might not respond. I mean, he, he would have been a bit upset last prep, poor old Rothfire. He's come <laughs> off a pretty bad injury <laughs> and then he's gone. You want me to go where? You want me to race who? <laughs> you want me to chase Nature Strip and Eduardo? Yeah. I've just, I was racing Ole Kirk. <laughs> you know, lay all the bar for me. So I think last prep he was. Um, hey, 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 Ole Kirk is the future of the Australian bloodstock industry. Yeah, so they tell us. <laughs> he was thrown right into the furnace in that prep and then he's obviously had another break. But these horses, yeah. like, he's going he's gonna to walk around the yard there on Saturday and go, who have I got to beat? In it all felt really rushed. In the spring, didn't it? The, the, the injury was there, and oh, that's good. He's back in the Ellingham I'm saying he's at the races, and there was all the, the hype around the Everest, and they're not the first horse to get caught up in all the Everest hype in trying to get to that race. Um, but what I do like that what they did after that, they took a long break and didn't bother aiming up at the autumn in Melbourne or Sydney. They've specifically targeted this race. So I think from a preparation point of view, he's so much better set up this time in than he was in the spring. And I think the main danger is Count Rupi, who... You know, if it wasn't for Special K charging through the rail, he wins last start. But I always thought Counter Rippy would be a miler. I thought coming yes. into this prep, you know, he's beaten the head behind I'm Thunderstruck and they've gone on completely different paths, whereas mm. I think he would have done a lot better. So when the main danger, I, I think, is a miler, Vega one's there for a tune-up. He should yeah got the leader's gate. I mean, as a racing the fan. The map looks pretty special for him, doesn't it? He yeah. jumps across from 11 and walks in front. Um, so you could see him starting at seventy there without any surprises, um, given the way the race is set up. But You'd have to you lean know, on you If just, you got to seventy, you'd have to lean into the pink button, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's more your go than mine. Um but it's just it's a fascinating setup. I I don't think his stable mate's hopeless. Um, on the bigger track, I think she's a genuine straight break chance. As far as you know, three other fillies have got a good record in that race. Um, maybe the, the fillies form this season not flash, but you know, I just love the way she kept improving that that whole time, and that she's been set specifically for this as well, rather than delve into the Sydney wet. I reckon she would have won with the handbrake on last week. Well, the way I'm of that same. Uh, <laughs> I kept the last week, and people tell me you're stupid uh, uh, for for entertaining that prospect. But I maintain she's the best horse in the race, and the way the race panned out, I think that um, I can. You can gratiate him to with case. the handbrake on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because I was I was sort of against the stable mate. I didn't really like its trial and the gap between mm. runs and. Whereas uh, more so the way the race panned out on the day with the rain and everything, I thought she yes. would come into it. So, it's a, I mean, it's a bit harder for her on the weekend. But agree. Great. I would think, you know, no disrespect to Rothfire, but she probably looks a better Stradbroke chance in terms, I would say. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Given she's done well, a Rob's recently. Thinking, well, Rob's thinking Rothfire's only going to get 53 in a Stradbroke. Well, if he arrived fit and well in a Stradbroke with 53 at his best, he'd put them to the sword. But I'm not sure, you know, there's a, there's a few races to go under the bridge yet before they put the weights out. So, you know, he wins this and he wins a um, Kings at Smith or a 10,000. Then you get 53 becomes 57 or 58, and that rules him out. Whereas this girl's going to be down with the. 50 kilos thereabouts and you know, the biggest problem is getting into the field. 
So he was our Dunno yesterday. Okay. Is he a Dunno yes. for you or are you a yes or a no? Oh, there's just no way I could charge in at 220 just based on those Dunno factors that we've, we've talked about. Um, uh, the romantic in me is happy to watch the race and, and, and hope that he lives up to expectations. Uh, the punter in me says I can back others at a similar price where I've got less queries over them. Yeah, that seems a fairly logical take. Now, we'll go to the last, Nathan, because this was yes. our bizarro. <laughs> go Wanji <laughs> at around five to four. That's that's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Look, um, official handicap ratings would tell you that that's bizarre. Um, look, I'll be up front. I, backed, I have backed... Uh, the Waller horse in this new arrangement because he's the best weighted horse in the race. His last run was good and the price was completely and totally ridiculous um, midweek. But if I were to look at this race and say the horse is going, if you want to pick one horse out of this race that might win a good race somewhere down the track, there's only one of them. That's Go Wanji. He's a real talent coming through lesser races, peel off a big section or come from impossible positions. Uh, but the way the race came up in the market, I said, well, I've got to play here um, because the, the, the price was silly. I think he's still $9 now or so, and the, you would think that they should be much closer together. So I'm very interested in, in both of your takes on this. Um, with that proviso in mind that he is a pretty promising horse. He's done things in his two runs this prep that it got, it got closer than he was entitled to. I always hesitate with horses that, he looked unlucky last start or he's come from the back. He was a yeah. good sectional horse. But when they're going to have to do it again and do it against better horses and you're taking a lesser mm. price, like it just screams bad bet to me. Yes. Yeah. And he, the market just doesn't miss him here. They, they love him every single time. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I can add a whole lot more to, to what you're saying. It's, but he's, I'll be reluctant to just put it on the line and say we well, can't win. I just because he's just got that upside that the others don't. They've all reached their mark in life, and uh, you know it's one thing betting against him. It's one thing sitting here and saying well, he can't win because I just I, I don't believe that that's the case. I think he's an undeniable chance, um, but he's got plenty against him, and not the least of which is the set weight. I think for me, looking at how the map's likely to shape out, he's obviously going to go back from that draw. At the prices, I'd rather back Blondeau at $7, like Dirty Blondeau, yes. but you go back through his form. He's actually got legitimate form in there, and I tell you what, geez, he's been poorly ridden throughout his career. Like he's only got four wins to his name, Blondeau. He should have so many more. He's the mm. same horse, get back. See, I, I don't think there's a great deal between them on form at this stage. Go Wanji's obviously got more upside. but Yep. Given they're going to be in similar positions in the race, I'd much rather lean that way and Jimmy Byrne hopefully can weave a bit of magic because he's entitled to win that. Going back there, I can just look at all the pain I've suffered going back through his form here. But the one one that stands out for me, Simon, is that first up run last May last year when he'd come off a decent spell and he just blew them to pieces, didn't he? And then he had a a campaign that went from May to December or something with little breaks here and there. So this is the first time he's had a proper first up run since that day in May. And I look at that run and I think, geez, it's run straight past them, wouldn't it? Exactly. And then you've got a bit of special K, a bit of isotope in there. But the one that kills me, if you love your replays, go back and watch Kemble Grange on the 14th of August. That is absolutely horrendous. He's been beaten a neck and he's oh, 
brutal. The Waller Trio all have, I would suggest, similar chances to the favourite and you're getting much better odds. So that's yep. how I would swing. Adam. You know, I'm just looking at Blondo's form here. So as you say, Nathan, he's up from May till January. He's settled in front yep. of about three horses in that entire that's span. Right. And the win, <laughs> so here's the win, yeah. position in running, third. Tommy put him in the race. Oh, it's, you don't have to be too clever to spot the pattern, do you? Who's doing the form for them? Put him in the oh, race. <laughs> he's the yeah. cl- he's I mean, the- they won't. Don't don't you dare back him as if they will, guys. <laughs> no. Well, the the difference with Blondo is he's the classic dictator to by barriers. So when he draws wide, they just straight up concede. That day, Tommy drew one. He's like, you know what? I might put him in the race. And he did. What's a bullfinch? Talk me through a bullfinch because he's got the um, the gun jock. I was looking through my Stradbroke season jocks. Orman's got he's, the... He's just gone to another level, um, Orman. Um, take my hat off to him. He's really numbers. matured this season. Um, obviously, he's getting good rides, but he's riding with confidence, not second-guessing himself. And he's he's grown up uh, as a rider and as a person, and um, he deserves to be where he is at the moment. He's um, gone to a whole new level this season. Yeah, so his impact value, which I like, is now surpassed Ryan Maloney. He is yeah. he is Stradbroke season's number one man. Would that okay. be a fair assessment? I mean, it's not even an assessment. I'm just counting. Well, from a local point of view, I would assume that there'd be a few that are planning on heading up from your part of the world that would would trump him. Yeah. Um, but from the from the local angle, he's going gangbusters, and you just have to look at the the rides that uh, he's he's uh, being given. So yeah. Bullfinch just wasn't jumping off to me because I thought the other two were the better placed at the handicaps, but he's certainly going really gangbusters, that horse. Um, so it sounds like we're all on a, a three-way Waller ticket um, to beat sounds the favourite. grubby to me. Is there a fourth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, have, have, we, have we found the wrong Waller? Is there another Waller? Hang on, what price this go, Wondry? I might... Uh... <laughs> just try me. <laughs> Do you have, a, have you priced up the meeting, Nathan, yet or...? I mean, not completely priced it up, but I've got my indicative prices here for you. Yeah, what price do you have, Go One G? That's on the first cut, five dollars. IP there, five dollars. There you go, <laughs> yeah. five dollars. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. Oh, when and we... that's giving him that's giving him a bit of a bit of a pump too. Yeah. When we did the Bizarro oh, yesterday, I was worried. I'm like, if we, if we come on here and Nathan just declares this immoral, I'm going to be disappointed. But okay, I'm happy we're on the same page with that one. And one race that we we're speaking off air that you're really confident in is the Guineas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, green belt's a really good thing here, I think. Um, yeah, he just looks to win it, doesn't he? Can't lose. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, that's yeah, a real blow for that race, um, him coming out, and also for connections. Um, yeah, I've been speaking to Jeff Corrigan, the, the, the main owner in, in this horse, and um, he was looking forward to getting up here. And it was just an interesting story American bred old racing sort of a little ahead of his time here but now it's just uh, unfortunately looks a race of the usual suspects who could just be very gentlemanly and, and take it in turns as to whose it might be tomorrow. They look a very scratchy lot. I was hoping you would um, away from the, the front of the market there to me are all horses that I'm not particularly fond of. Yes. So yeah, yes. But that's maybe that's a bit unfair but Certainly not fond of in this spot, so I was hoping we'd we'd find something here. Oh, I like think an from a local or something point like of view, yeah, he's the standout, Ashgrove. Um, when he won his race, the maiden, he sort of took off there and was too good. Then he got beaten 
and hindsight is a wonderful thing, they got beaten by Gypsy Goddess, did the same thing, Maloney took off before the turn, and he was just left a sitting shot there, and you know, the second horse is not adding a whole lot of luster to it, but that run had much more merit than what it nearly looks on paper. 1,400, too sharp for him first up. Out to the mile, um, I see where you're coming from there, and I would suggest you he's a clear, clear top pick of the locals and, and possibly doesn't have to be a superstar to, to lower the colours of um, those usual suspects from the south. Yeah. No, I can... Um, he looked the interesting horse to me, that's for sure. Mm. Okay. You, you might have talked me around there. I'm going to have to adjust my numbers. I mean, what what's character doing his favourite? Yeah, this it's, is a, it's just a task, isn't it? This it's is just a, a tweener. Yeah, this is a this is a barrier trial. For, mm. you know, Don't tell the stewards then. No, nah, but in terms of like, he's obviously <laughs> going towards the derby, so this is just the in-between, I would think. Will they go on to the derby again, given he sort of failed to see it out in Sydney? I reckon they'll give him a pass mark. Well, not a pass mark. They'll give him a sort of have another go. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, mm. the, the big wet. We'd struggle to run 2,400 around that track. I mean, I'd struggle to run. Please, I'd struggle to run 24 metres. <laughs> yeah, I think if you – I wouldn't be – I don't reckon James will be dismissive of him staying on that. I know right. he's obviously in the derby in the spring as well, but, I mean, if he's up and fit, you'd, you'd have another throw, wouldn't you? You're a pretty forgiving man. You're looking at a combined 27 length defeat in his two derby attempts. So he's got a bit to turn around. Well, he can't do anything else. You might as well keep racing him because I don't think he is much good, like in terms of next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Southern stock stays all right. But he needs to step up another notch. I think it'd be too sharp for him tomorrow, but he's another one you throw in the mix for the derby. But I think I'll be looking at what's happening in South Australia. Even Melbourne at this time of year can throw up a horse that uh, measures up here. So I think there's a bit to play out. And I would like to hope that um, there's something else that, that may come here. Where's Straight Aaron? Oh, is he going straight to Hong Kong? He's off, yeah. Oh, he's gone. I mean, the Kiwis are becoming as well, weren't they? Yeah, there's a big contingent of them. I think um, Tony Pike's bringing Tutu Kaka, who I fell into in the Victoria Derby last year, and um, he was nowhere near good enough. <laughs> Um, what's their what three-year-old form like this year? It's not not flash, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, it hasn't been outstanding, but it might not have to be, I suppose. And a lot of those guys, mm. a lot of those guys, keep Queensland very much in the back of their mind, don't they? Queensland is a um, yeah, is a happy hunting ground. Well, they're so. patient. They're more patient than others. They're happy to wait till the, the latter part of the season. So um, yeah, so yeah. Queensland getting his last year turned out to be a good form race this year. You know, question questionable. I'd say that's Private Eye was last year, wasn't he? Mm. Private Eye beat Patsy Chase, who then beat Ayrton, and third was Cucaracha, who won the derby. So it proved a pretty good reference for the carnival going forward. Speaking of Apache Chase, how good's the archer? They've done a terrific job on it. Um, very good field assembled, uh, great concept, nothing like... Um, you know, imitating what's been done successfully previously, and they'll have a big day up there next Saturday. So good luck to them, and um, it's a, it's an interesting tactic to go there first up thirteen hundred, but it just gives her a little bit more time with Apache, and he's already in the Stradbroke, so she can Desley Forster can just plot her way there and hopefully pocket a big check in Rocky next Saturday. Should be good. Do you have a good thing for us tomorrow? Right, let's. I think rather than good thing, but 
good bet is Paladas in race six. I just like how he's placed in this set weights race. Jeez, I think I've got fallen a, down this path before. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, I know I have. You've got RNT coming out of a maiden, maybe the best coming off a good-looking win to the eye, but the ordinary ones. He was an absolute tease, Paladas, then he was unlucky one day. But I like the fact he went out on a winning note and the confidence is up. He's not far short of stakes grade. He's tried like a bomb against open company horses. He gets to resume in a class three. He needs to be given a bit of a steer by Jimmy Byrne, but I think he's better than them. And $4 plus in a class three is something I'm, I can't ignore. Mm. So Jimmy Byrne's going to pull off two miracles from the deep. He's going to get Paladas home in race six, and he's going to get well, Dirty Blonder home in the last. He'll be going there with gritted teeth because he was on green belt thinking he had a group two sort of locked away, and uh, that got snatched away from him uh, on Tuesday. When was it? Yesterday morning, wasn't it? So Thursday morning. So he's, uh, karma would uh, be befitting if he could um, be rewarded with a couple of support winners. Pardon my ignorance. What is the green belt story? He's is he done done? Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. Unfortunate. Um, my understanding is that it's, there's a tendon injury there, oh. and we're looking at six to twelve months. So okay, that's it's really unfortunate for for connections of of him. So yeah, definitely done for for this carnival, and um, be a little while since. Uh, sorry, be a little while before we see him again. Oh, let's say um. That's a great shame. Well, on that searing low note, <laughs> sign it off, eh? <laughs> Let's do that. We covered only a few races there, but um, hopefully there's – well, we sat on the fence in, what, the Guineas and the Rothfire race. We sort of half-potted the favourite. We've got about three horses in the last, and then you potted my selection in race six. So I'm not sure we divulged an awful lot at all, but it was fun nonetheless. The fence is the best place to be if you want to appear shrewd. That's <laughs> Or silent, maybe that's a better option. (laughs) Well, you will be happy to know that looking at your selection, Paladas, to beat the favourite, Kieran hasn't had a good run in Sydney's Big Wet. So he's coming up to Queensland to hopefully find some form, but we're hoping it's not in race six. Yes, my jockey number's included, Kieran, and he's not up there with Jimmy Orman. Yeah, he's riding for him very, very, not poorly, but he's... No, 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 no. It's poorly. Poorly, yeah. (laughs) Him, well, his record here stand. in Queensland is extraordinary, so I think you can see him turn that around. And RNT will be a sit and steer job. It'll land on the fence, and just whether or not it's good enough to keep going or not. But um, thousand and twelve, uh, yuck. That's right. That's right. On the on the testing track, yep. Yeah, Paladas right down the outside. Paladas right Burn. down the middle. Here we go. No worries. That's it. Well, thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you, mate. gentlemen. Yeah, mate. And uh, hopefully, all things being equal, we'll have you every week. We're locking you in now. <laughs> hopefully, I don't get the sack after one week. <laughs> And that's been the X Factor. He'll join us next week. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Dave. Cheers, mate.